and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. I'm your host, Sherry, and I've been through my own ups and downs with sobriety. And if you're listening to this, then you have taken the first step to making a change in your life and finding a community to help you through your sobriety. Now, let's go through this journey together. What's up, fam? Happy Wednesday. I hope that you're doing well and you had a good weekend. I had a good weekend. I'm pretty sure I had a good weekend. It was relaxing, which was a huge change from the weekend before when my son had his dance recital and my mom was in town and I was really sick. Um, I ended up having a bad reaction to an adjustment in my medication and it set me back a lot. And so I went from working out every day for like a month and a half to eating really well and feeling really good to all of a sudden being in so much pain I couldn't even function I couldn't move I was sleeping it was it was miserable um and so this morning I was laying in bed I took my son to work he's um working now and driving god help us all and I'm sober so that's always a bonus but I took him to work today and I came home and I laid back down in bed for a little bit and I was scrolling through social media and I saw a friend's post that talked about depression and it really kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. It said basically how to deal with your depression and it was a step-by-step on how to feel better. Um, shower, not a bath, use hot water or cold as you like. You don't even need to wash, just get under it, sit on sit on the floor if you want, moisturize everything, um, use it all over your entire dermis, all over your entire skin, put on clean, comfortable clothes, your favorite underwear. Honestly, that's something I never would have thought of, but I do have favorite underwear. Drink cold water. I always drink water. Um, clean something. I'm too tired to clean anything today. So I cleaned the past couple of days, but that's because I had anxiety. Blast music, make food, make something in general. A short story, a poem, draw a picture, color a picture, fold origami. Just create something. Go outside and take a walk. Call someone, cuddle your pets. And whatever you think is small or silly is really not small or silly. It really isn't just about um, doing something that you think other people would make fun of. For me, um, when I am really insanely stressed, I clean. Um, When I have downtime, I used to color my coloring books all the time, and I really miss that, and I really want to get back to doing that, so I'm going to do that. But I was reading that, and I had realized at that moment just laying in bed that I hadn't showered for four days. Now that might come as a shock to some of you. It might gross some of you out. I don't really care if it does. That's not your problem. You can't smell me. Um, I changed my clothes every day. I did do that. Um, I changed my underwear every day. Not that you needed to know that. Now you do. Um, with everything you know about me, I figured changing my underwear is probably the least of the things that you're going to find out that's shocking about me. Um, but I showered and I 
put on clean underwear and a clean shirt and a bra and I got my life together. I, I went out and I made coffee in the kitchen and I made myself some lunch and for me that felt really good. I felt really, really accomplished. If I don't do anything else for the rest of the day, I will have known that I got up and I did more today than I did yesterday. And I think that's one thing that we tend to forget so much about. There's those of us who, in their alcoholism, they struggle with not taking a drink Um, They struggle with anxiety to the point where they have to drink to turn off the thoughts. There are people who could go without drinking that are alcoholics. Um, The program works that well for them. Um, They don't have the compulsion, the desire. And then there's other people who, you know, have other ailments that people want to drink to cover up. And one of those things for... Um, me was and is depression. I think I knew the past couple of weeks that I was depressed. Um, For me, what set me back was being in a lot of pain and feeling... um, I have... I retain a lot of water as I switch medications or as I try new foods or get rid of new foods and So I'm constantly bouncing in between weights and um, it's not always necessarily weight as much as it is water weight and bloating. And so for me, it was a step back um, in my health and I still have joint pain in my shoulders and I've decided that if I'm going to work out, uh, the first thing I need to do is either stretching or yoga because those are going to be the best things for me at this point in time. I don't know if I can hop on my Peloton right now. I don't know if I'm mentally there. And I know that might sound weird, right? Because it is hard. It is really hard to wake up and realize that today is just not the day. Today is not the day where you are going to pound out an hour and a half exercise routine Today is not the day where you're going to get all the cleaning done or the groceries done or the bills paid. Today is not the day where you are really going to do anything. And you know what? That's okay. Because a lot of us in this program, along with everything else that we have going on that we are trying to cover up, and the one thing we don't talk about enough in meetings is depression. We don't talk about our mental health enough. We talk about our maladies. We talk about our character defects. We talk about suffering, irritability, anxiety, remorse, carrying things by ourselves, being by ourselves, being isolated. But we don't talk about depression. We don't talk about the fact that depression is usually the catalyst that brings us to drinking and When I went to go look um, for information on depression, not really information, but to see where it was in the big book, if it talked about it, if it addressed it, um, I went to the Google machine, as my old boss used to say, and it mentions um, depression 13 times um, in the big book and in the 12 by 12. So that is six in the big book and 12 and seven in the 12 by 12. 
And if that doesn't tell you that depression is one of the major contributors to alcoholism, I'm not quite sure what does. I understand that you have emotional insecurity, worry, anger, self-pity, fear, frustration. I understand all that. But a lot of that comes back down to depression. And there's this awesome little book that AA provides. Um, and it's called As Bill Sees It. And so it's another um, publication that you can get from your um, from your meetings or from the register, not the registrar, that's my other job, <laughs> the district. Um, but I wanted to see where in As Bill Sees It, did they talk about depression? And there are seven instances where they talk about depression as in Bill Sees It. And I really wanted to dive into some of the things that I heard or read in As Bill Sees It and in the big book in 12 by 12 as well, because you'll start to see that there's a pattern here that we go through and that we aren't alone. And even if we don't talk about depressions enough in our meetings, that it is a very, very valid and okay thing to feel. Most of the time when I go to my meetings, I do look put together. I'm showered. I have makeup on. I have a nice outfit on. Because when people come to meetings, I want them to see that even though I am struggling on the inside, I w I'm well aware enough that I need to look good on the outside. And if I can't always do that, then I can't always do that. But on page two... It talks about, I'm sorry, in As Bill Sees It on page two, it references alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous, page 100, and AA Comes of Age, page 63. Now, I haven't read AA page 63, or um, <laughs> AA Comes of Age. I have not read that yet. So that is on my list of things to read. Um, I do know that it's about the journey of AA and... Um, how it has progressed over the past couple of year, or past couple of decades. So when I went to go read this passage, I wanted to pull it up in the big book so that I had a bigger understanding of what the context was. <clears throat> and it was um, on page 100, it says, or on page two, and as Bill sees it, it says, when we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. So I went to page 100 where it stated that this was referenced. And it's in the chapter that's talking about working with others. And working with others is generally step 12 um, and carrying the message. And in this particular passage, it talks about when working with a man and his family, you should take care to not participate in their quarrels. So it's talking about when we have the opportunity to help others, when we have the opportunity to have something placed in our hands that God knew we needed and someone else needed, that's better than anything we could have ever planned right? So when we look at my, ourselves and the new person, <clears throat> if you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize the things that 
which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstance. And when he goes on to talk about the family, he says that if you participate in the family's quarrels, that you are not really probably being helpful. But urge the man's family that he has been a very sick person and should be treated accordingly. You should warn against arousing resentment or jealousy. You should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. Show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. Ask them to remember when they are impatient the blessed fact that he is sober. So when we are talking about our depression and things that happen to us and how we go forward to help others. Remember me saying, and I'm sure you've heard in other meetings as well, that when we are having a bad day or things are not going right for us, the best thing that we can do is reach out our hand and help someone else. And I really believe that that is true. I really believe that our depression alleviates when we do the things that are the next right thing, helping someone out or asking how someone is. And why is that? Why why does it have to be about someone else when we are so internally struggling that we can barely get out of bed and shower? Because when we do those things, we are helping someone else. And in essence, we are helping ourselves. Last night, I was um, finishing up some work in the office and my phone kept ringing and kept ringing. And it was this one name. And I was like, oh my God, who is this person? Like, you have the wrong number. You have to have the wrong number. So when I answered the phone, I was like, hello, this is Sherry. And she's like, well, hey, why aren't you answering your phone? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know who this is. And they told me. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, how are you? It just realized I hadn't seen her in a while. And she was like, oh my gosh. She's like, I was trying to get of Sherry so-and-so. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's definitely not her. And so I I thought at the frequency of her phone call, how quickly she had called me back to back. It was like four times, I think. I said, how are you doing, by the way? And she was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. And we talked about 10 minutes on the phone. And last night, I was in a mood. I was recording another podcast and the podcast kept dropping out and I was cranky and it just wasn't going as smoothly as it should have last night. And so I was taking a few minutes to kind of get my life together and not go to bed crabby because that is one thing that I try to definitely not do. So when she called me and we talked for a few minutes, it dawned on me that at that point in time, that's what I needed. I needed that accidental phone call, which there are no accidents or coincidences. I needed that phone call to help ease my heart and my soul. It's not like she and I had a really deep, long conversation, but when we were on the phone and I asked her how she was and she asked me how I was, I said, I'm pissy right now. I'm trying to decompress. And she just kind of laughed. But 
she is the one person that would have called that would have understood why I needed that five to ten minutes to decompress because I was so frustrated and to be able to have that five minutes in that phone call really made me realize just how important it is in this program to not feel alone to have those numbers to have people to reach out to and that asking someone else how they're doing when you feel like shit and I could have just as easily picked up that phone and been like dude wrong number even though it really wasn't a wrong number I could have been really short and rude with her and been like okay well since you don't need to talk to me goodbye but that kind of reaction would have only garnered further anger and anxiety and I think it would have made me feel like crap because then I'm gonna have to offer an amends and this is also a person who I know um was going to AA while they were still actively drinking. So I didn't want to put them in a position where I started this waterfall effect of their sobriety coming into question. Now, I'm not responsible for their sobriety, right? I can't make people drink. I can't make people do things, but I definitely can play a part in my attitude and how that comes across to them. So, you know, it's really important that you realize when you start working this program and doing the things that you're supposed to do, when we put ourselves in God's hands, it's far better than anything we could have ever planned. Far better. And I really think my depression took a turn last night. I really feel like her and I talking for that five minutes made me feel less alone. Someone understood what I was going through. Someone understood that my character defects were absolutely flying off the handle for absolutely no reason. And I'm not as crazy as I felt. I'm not as unbalanced or unhuman. I am a human with human conditions and those conditions are anger and frustration and it was just nice to be heard and I really realized last night that just how awesome it is to have those people in our lives and this spiritual program that helps us to move on to the next step. And so moving on is the AA Comes of Age. And again, I haven't read this book, but I really, really love their um, passages when I find them in As Bill Sees It. And this is how I felt last night after getting out the phone with my friend. My depression deepened unbearably, and it finally seemed to me as though I were at the very bottom of the pit. For the moment, the last vestige of my proud obstinacy was crushed. All at once, I found myself crying out, if there is a God, let him show himself. I'm ready to do anything, anything. Suddenly, the room lit up with a great white light. It seemed to me in the mind's eye that I was on a mountain and that a wind not of air but of spirit was blowing. And then it burst upon me that I was a free man. Slowly, the ecstasy subsided. I lay on the bed, but now for a time I was in another world, a new world of consciousness. All about me and through me, there was a wonderful feeling of presence. And I thought to myself, so this is the God of preachers. And I really like that one because 
I really do feel like when we ask for help, when we do ask for that relief, whether it's from God or our sponsor, someone in the program, that we really do get that relief. It, it, we really, when we really want it, we get it. You get what you work for. And the past week, I haven't been working for good. I haven't been working for taking care of myself. I haven't been working for anything but trying to sleep or shoving off my responsibilities. And I do know that part of it is chemical with me um, due to the medications that I'm on. But I also know that I have the capability to get up and shower. And so I was watching TikTok the other day, which I know a lot of us do. And if you don't or say you haven't, you're either lying or you're old, one or the other. Either way, it's fine. I don't care. That's on you. But there's a wonderful woman on there, and her name is Elise Myers. And Elise had talked about when she was in such a severe depression, she hadn't um, showered, and I think she said three months, um, because she physically didn't want to take her clothes off. Um, and so she said that she started writing a list of the three things that she needed to do to feel human. The three things that she needed to do to feel like she was accomplishing something. So one day it was um, drink a glass of water, brush her teeth, and I can't remember what the other one was. And as she progressed, as those things became routine, she would put another thing on the list. And the other thing would be shower. Or the other thing would be um, wash dishes. So as you can tell, instead of focusing on all the things she wasn't doing, she started focusing on all the things that she was doing. Because part of depression, part of alcoholism, part of addiction, is it reminds us of the things we aren't or the things we can't, or the things we won't. And so we end up in a state of fear, frustration, and depression. And when we feel that way, the only option we feel at that point is to drink. Hide those feelings. Get rid of those feelings. Drown those feelings. Because nobody wants to feel like a piece of shit. Nobody wants to feel like they're useless. Nobody wants to feel like they're always doing the wrong thing, right? So you absolutely get to this point where you feel like there's absolutely nothing you can do but drink. And that's not true. And I want you to understand that I hear you and I see you when you say, I'm so depressed that. I know. I know that you're depressed. I know that you are sad. I know that you are frustrated. I know that you feel worthless. I get it. But at the same time, I really want you to focus on the things that are good about you. 
as hard as it is, pick one thing, pick one feature, pick one character thing, pick, pick um, one um, job-related thing, one marriage thing, one parenting thing. These are all things that we're not going to ever do perfectly. These are things that there is no manual for. There is no manual for marriage and parenting. And believe me, if there was one, I would be in a much better place. Because I have this incessant need of self-sabotage and I can't figure out why. And, you know, I am so blessed that I have a husband and a son who are both um, experienced with only not, a, not only my alcoholism or my um, depression, but suffer from depression or anxiety themselves. They both have mental health um, issues. And I... You know, my son's really comes from a different place, but, um, than my husband's does, but they all are the same. And so, you know, knowing that we are able to be swamped with guilt and self-lowliness and, you know, self-pity we sink to such a point of despair that nothing but oblivion looks like a possible solution. So if you are at that point, if you are at the point where you haven't showered for four days or you haven't gone to a meeting because you don't want to be around people or you haven't reached out to family because you're so sad, I encourage you to try and do one thing tomorrow, today, more than you did yesterday. Do something that makes you feel good. Drink an extra glass of water. If you can't go for a walk, sit on the porch for five minutes. Get up and shower. You don't have to cleanse, just shower. Send someone a message or give them a phone call and say, listen, I don't feel like talking right now, but I just want you to know that I'm thinking of you. There are so many ways that we can come around from our depression. And I really, really wish that there was more talk about mental health in AA um, or in groups in general. And I understand that if we do the 12 steps, if we live by the traditions, if we have a sponsor, if we go to meetings, that all these maladies, all these character defects and insecurities, they truly do disappear, right? They, they do. They get better. We learn how to handle life. We learn how to deal with things. And life does get better. But depression is a very sly, slick beast, and it can remind you of all the things that are bad. And so it's hard to remind yourself when the committee starts going that you are not those things. So even if you do something that is 1% more than what you did the day before, or 10 minutes ago, or a week ago, then that's 1% further than you were at that time. And you should be really proud of yourself. 
don't let anybody tell you to just get over it or why can't you be happy or, you know, you're really sad all the time. Trust me, I would give anything to not have these bouts of depression. I think my longest one lasted six or seven months and I was finally starting to come out of it before I got sick. So for me, that's where my depression really, I think, came from this past week was just being reminded that I am human and that I'm not an Autobot, I'm not a robot, and my body um, is in charge. And I don't like it when my body's in charge. I don't like it that I have to pace myself working out. I don't like it that I have to watch what I eat. I don't like not being able to do whatever I want whenever I want because my body has other ideas. And I am a really fun person. I love to go out and in my mind I go partying every night because I absolutely love to go dancing. I love to go out. I love to go bowling. Um, I love to eat out. I love going to movies. But then when the time comes, either I'm so exhausted or I'm so labored or I'm so depressed that I just can't do it. And that angers me beyond belief because when I was an alcoholic, when I was drinking, I was out shaking that shit every single night. I was out partying. I was out drinking. I was out doing all these things. I was out dancing and traveling and just all this stuff that I was doing. I feel like I wasted on my alcoholism because now I have this body and this condition that doesn't allow me to do those things. But at the same time, I'm sober now. I'm not lying. I'm not cheating. I'm not sleeping around. I'm still spending money like a sieve, which is stupid because in this economy, no one should be spending money like a sieve. Um, but I'm making good, responsible, rational decisions as much as a f adult female can. You know, my son has a very stable job. I am working with a great group of people in my job. I couldn't be happier in my job. I also have really taken off in my baseball writing. But you know when I don't want to watch baseball and when I don't want to write about it, there's something wrong. Um, so I uh, definitely do know that when things seem to become melancholy... That that's the time when I really need to work extra hard. And I am glad that my depression's only lasted four or five days. Because when it gets longer, it gets harder to snap out of. But don't worry. You're not alone. You are absolutely not different. You're not weird. And I am really insanely proud of everything that you try to do or try to accomplish because it isn't easy. It isn't easy to get up out of bed when you really just want to sleep the whole day away. And believe me, I do. And I really don't like that I can't be an active part of my family's day sometimes. But today, I got up and I showered. And that's the best I've felt in a really long time. So if that's all you need, if all you need is a couple of days in a shower, 
then by all means take it. And know that when you do that effort, that 1%, that 10%, that 20%, you should be proud of that. Because that's your 20%. That's your 1%. No one did it for you. And I really think that we need to talk more about mental health and how it relates to our alcoholism. I talk a lot here about alcoholism and emotional sobriety, but I don't talk about the mental health behind it. And that is one thing that I really want you guys to know is that I do struggle with mental health a lot. And if it means me coming on here and sitting down and talking to you for a half hour about how I showered to get you to want to do something and know you're not alone, then that's worth it for me. So until next time, fam, I really want you to find something positive about yourself. I want you to try something new, even if it's something small. And I definitely have an attitude of gratitude this week for all these amazing publications. I absolutely love having all the AA-related publications that allow me to talk to you guys in broad format about mental health issues, about alcoholism, about people who have been doing this since 1927, and how all of our outcomes are always the same. So if you haven't yet, I highly suggest picking up some AA-related materials Um, Also, Hazelden has some great materials um, and just really get to know about alcoholism as a mental health aspect of life because I really feel like that will help you understand exactly what we are going through on a daily basis. So until next time, fam, be well. Thank you for joining us on a Sober Girls podcast where we get together to talk about each other's experience, strength, and hope. I hope that today's episode was something that you needed to hear today, something that you can carry with you. I really look forward to our time together. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at a Sober Girls Pod. Also, you can check us out on Twitter at a Sober Girls Pod and our website at a Sober Girls Podcast. Till next time, be well, fam. <laughs>